Warning, the following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. Carry on my wayward son, there'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest, don't you cry no more. Dooby-dooby-doo, where are you? We got some work to do now. Good evening and welcome to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. This is episode 121 for the week of April 19th. I am your host, Evan Goldstein. With me as always is the wonderful Karen Randazzo. Cass is kind of a talking dog. (laughs) And the incredible Chris Randazzo. Take a bullet for that dog. (laughs) We here on this week's episode talk television. This week was Karen's pick. She chose Supernatural, season 13, episode 16, Scooby Natural. Yay. But before we get into that, here's your weekly reminder that you can get in touch with us at mailatgeekade.com. Hit us up. Tell us what we're doing right. Tell us what we're doing wrong. What shows should we be watching? What shows do you want us to review? Just let us know you're out there. So, Karen. Yes. (laughs) Now, I'm going to be honest. I was behind on Supernatural this complete season. Right. And I tried my damnedest. I got to, like, episode six. and 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 I just, like, ran out of time. This was the epitome of perfect... One shot. Yep. <laughs> like, you don't even have to ever have watched Supernatural before. It's a benefit. I was, well, I was going to say, you basically, if you'd never seen the show before, you could recommend this to somebody and be like, look, just watch this and then you'll know what's going on. Sort of. It was, it was very, in terms of Supernatural elements, it was a very basic episode. There was a ghost. They, you know, did all the normal things you they they always do on that show when it comes to ghosts there was no like surprises the surprise was i I mean no no furthering of the plot from the rest of the season um actually i don't know did did the fruit of life have something to do yeah that's part of the season okay so don't worry about it so i (laughs) it's fucking stupid (laughs) i i I don't know what that little intro cat this was so much fun. <laughs> it really was. And and if I'm not okay, so last week did what did what did when did we talk about um good girls? Mm. That wasn't last week. That was like No, that was like a month week. ago. Was it a month ago? Because this is a, yet again another show featuring <clears throat> Matthew Lillard. Yes, oddly enough. <laughs> Didn't pick up on that, but you're absolutely right. As I'm listening, I'm like, did they get Matthew Lillard to reprise his role as Shaggy Rogers? Oh, my God. <laughs> ruh I, I mean, it was, it, was, it was so much fun. And it really it had all the like, classic Scooby elements in one, especially when they did the, uh, the Scooby song and they're running back and forth down the hallway in and out of the doors. That was the best part. Yes. All, all the Scooby tropes, all the supernatural tropes, everything was in this episode. It was, it was great. Um, I was mildly upset at the fact that Daphne and 
Dean. Like there was that nothing happened. Where I was upset as Dean was. <laughs> like I wanted that that storyline to, to you blossom. Ship it. <laughs> uh, he said he said Dean and Daphne Shipper guys secrets out. Oh no! <laughs> I was actually kind of pleased that uh, with that Sam and Velma kiss at the end. Uh, and yeah <laughs> i'm more of a dean girl but it always makes me happy when sammy gets the girl because he deserves it <laughs> every once in a while I, and, and it was it was like it was cute how they modified the the shaggy the scooby gang to fit into the the supernatural world because it, like the very i'm gonna say like the first half of the episode i thought like they're just gonna keep the the, the scooby troop normal like they're not gonna like because they every, golly gee and jinkies and and then when they finally explained the whole reality of ghosts and monsters and whatnot and there <laughs> there's one scene where they burst in and and daphne yells kill it with fire yes <laughs> i actually appreciated how the the scooby gang pretty much stayed themselves for the most part um, I mean, there came a point where they, for the for plot reasons, they kind of had to, uh, you know, break the fourth wall or whatever. Whatever wall they may be breaking, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but but I, I appreciated that it kind of added to like the the nostalgia and like the, the hmm. you know backing behind why Dean loved it so much. Yes, that really was Matthew Lillard. Yeah. Uh, I'm checking Kate. up on the vo- on the voices now because um, Michi- I knew, I knew that Michi- Fred Chuchi Mikuchi uh, she did um, Velma um, I know like the but she's been she did Velma it seems like it's the people that have been doing the voice cast of Scooby Doo up until I mean the most recent stuff right so that's just wonderful. By the way, I watched about ten minutes of this with our our eighteen month old daughter. And she loved it. She kept every time she saw Scooby, she just pointed and went, "Doggy." <laughs> <laughs> so now you're gonna force Scooby her to do. force her to watch Supernatural? Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, my oh, girl has exactly the same tastes in shows I do. Fantastic! So. That is good parenting right there. <laughs> the the okay. The, there were some plot points, like okay, they made Supernatural slightly more cartoony. Mm-hmm. For this episode, and I'm not talking about the animated portion, like when Dean has his Dean cave, and then <laughs> Sam goes, "When did you have time to to build this?" Like that that's not normal, but it was fun and it fit and it made sense. And in the middle of this season, which you haven't seen and and neither of you seen, uh, it's needed. <laughs> okay, is it is it a downer? <laughs> it's just this- like. Uh, it's 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 not bad. I mean, I'm not I'm enjoying it, but it is like it is a bit of a slog. They are trying to, you know, go to another dimension, a hell dimension and rescue their mom and mm-hmm. all this nonsense and <laughs> Yeah, I like it, it it from what I've seen, it is quite like they're dealing with what in essence would be the antichrist. Mhm. Um a lot their mother is in another dimension another dimension with say or with lucifer mm-hmm. um for the first part of the season or yeah first couple of episodes everybody was dead 
except for Dean and Sam. Like Cass was gone. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was. It was. And then Dean being so dour mm-hmm. is like like off putting. And then it's it's like episode four. It starts to turn where things start to get better. And there's definitely some good stuff in this season, but it 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 needed something <laughs> as like completely offbeat and just goofy as this is. And the this was Castiel. goofy. This is, this, now, Chris, yes, not having watched the season yet as well. How did you feel about this episode? Did you feel like you were missing anything? I mean, you know, going in with the knowledge that this is like the 874th episode of Supernatural, it kind of had a suspicion that I was missing about 873 episodes worth of stuff. But I know enough about the show. No, it was it was you're right. It was very self-contained. It uh, worked wonderfully. Uh, It was funny when it needed to be funny. It was uh Kind of creepy watching the Scooby Gang unravel with uh, uh, real ghosts and whatnot. So I feel like at this point they have dealt with real ghosts before, but not, I guess, like not as dire as supernatural ones. I just, I absolutely love how before they come to the realization that stuff is real, absolutely nothing bothers them. Like when they walk into the room and like the dismembered body is everywhere and Dean's going to throw up and Fred's like, huh. <laughs> they actually make exactly comments. What he says, he's just like, does, do they always just walk away from bodies? Yeah. <laughs> it's just a, or was like, he opened the door, he said, like, that, that's not good, or something, and just yes. walked away. <laughs> it, was, uh, it, was, it was great. It was, a, it was, he was cut in half and decapitated. Yeah. One body, and it was hanging from the ceiling, and hmm. it was gruesome. And that was the thing, like, it was drawn, it was so done by, like, it was so drawn just like modern Scooby cartoons. And yeah. But it was just gruesome as hell. It was uh, they must have had so much fun. like the Scooby Doo team must have had so much fun doing this because uh, you know they just got to kind of not be a kids show for for a night and uh, go crazy. There is an episode or is a part in this episode where I think Fred says to to Dean like we need we, uh, we have to be able to help you and Dean turns to him and goes. Fuck yeah, you do. And they beat out and blurred out his mouth. Yes. A cartoon mouth, which was so funny to me. <laughs> they really had the chance to do a lot of good good comedy with with things like that. They really did. And then in, the two things that, that were highlights for me was seeing baby animated and that mm. computer animation. Like, because they did this nice little pass by to see that car looked good animated. Not mm-hmm. going to lie. And then real Dean wearing an ascot. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, every, pretty much every minute of real Dean in this episode was just, it just made my heart happy. <laughs> it was just, the film, he's like, he's really checking out Velma's ass. <laughs> Not Velma, Daphne's ass. <laughs> it's like mildly unsettling. He's just like really into it. <laughs> <laughs> he asks like he asks her, you know, what does a guy have to do? And she's like, you know, be brave and loyal and honorable and, you know, wearing an ascot might help. Like this is taking a, a universe and, and combining it with like the opposite universe and it's working so well. It was 
phenomenally done. The only thing I, I would have loved to have seen is if at the end, like they pulled Scooby Gang into reality and it was all, you know, like Freddie Prince Jr. and <laughs> that would have tickled me. <laughs> that would have been uh that would have been borderline too much. I can't even imagine they would have been able to pull that off, but that would have been hilarious. <laughs> I mean, go for broke. Come on now. All in all, I had such a, a good time watching this. And, you know, I don't feel like I missed anything. Not like just watch it. it I, I will probably when I get to episode 16 again, I will watch this episode again in continuity. Yeah, this is pretty much an instant classic. This is going to go down with like, you know, the the trickster episodes where they're in the TV and mm-hmm. you know, all all the classic ones that supernatural fans love. This is this is going to be one of them real fast. And and it's great because they 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 at some point in time in the episode they rattled off a bunch of things like a bunch of past supernatural points. Mm-hmm. And then there's this whole Dean pep talk to this the Scooby Gang like showing how much information he has about the show, rattling off all of the bad guys that they have just dove into and and beaten, and like it, it fully took into account both universes. It wasn't like, hey, forget all of this. No, Minor Forty Nine er was mentioned mm-hmm. in this show, and that it shows how much they they cared about both shows and and both universes to keep them proper i i thought they did a phenomenal job with it and dean had a speech about how um you know growing up they they were always on the road and motels and there was always mm-hmm. a tv and you always watch scooby-doo and like it made them be who they are and like that makes sense yeah when you st- <laughs> what, like as he's explaining it it's sort of like lifts a cloud he went holy shit they are the scooby gang they're just a smaller version <laughs> and yeah Cass is a talking dog. He kind of is. <laughs> <laughs> I loved how much he loved um, Shaggy and Scooby. <laughs> I love the fact that when Cass got pulled into the universe, he was the only one that that managed a superhero landing. <laughs> like, that was impressive to me. It was, it, all in all, good time. I mean, it, like you said, it's going to be a classic. Absolutely. This, this one. And, I, like, how many... Episode they, they they've cracked three hundred right, I think so. I wonder if they have. No, they just say season. They don't. Oh no, they have all episodes two hundred and eighty eight. So they have yet to crack three hundred. Well, they I guess they will in season yeah. fourteen. Fourteen, yes. Which I, it's amazing how like I I I they have to have repeated storylines in some way, shape, or form, like bad guys or monsters. There aren't. 300 different types of monsters or even fake monsters to come up with and i have yet to watch an episode where i go uh oh, this is the same as i've seen this one already i like the fact that they they have the ability to make it seem fresh i think that's how they got here is that you know if you've been on for 13 seasons what else <laughs> are you going to do at that point that you haven't done before well animated we haven't turned into cartoons before <laughs> It was, it was so much fun, and I liked how the um, how the how the animated world happened. Like that made sense within the supernatural universe. Yeah, that the the possessed thing inside the television mm-hmm. that they got for free for, and like this episode started 
fast. Like, yeah. it opens with them fighting <laughs> <laughs> a giant stuffed dinosaur. And then when it explodes, their little interaction was like, yeah, well, but it was satisfying, right? Was, <laughs> Sam's like, face. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it, I can't say it enough. It was, it was, when you watch so many episodes of the show in a row, it, it does get heavy. Heavier than it should be. And to to have a little break like this is very, very welcomed and appreciated. It's, it's, it was perfect. So that's all I got. You guys got anything else to add? You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I would have seen it eventually, but I'm glad I watched it now. So now I get to watch it again. <laughs> Twice. I did rather uh, enjoy it. Good. Good, good, good. All right, let's take a quick break. When we get back up, we got some news to talk about, so stay tuned. In the latest episode of Mutant Musings podcast, Jonathan and Patty confront their feelings about the exiles, particularly how underwhelmed they are by it. They also postulate about whether or not X-Men Gold can get even golder by adding new members. Plus... They get a visit from Jordan and Brendan from the Nonstop Comic Shop podcast to discuss their very different opinions relating to the quality of the apparently rather divisive comic NYX. It's really everything you could possibly want in an episode of Mutant Musings. So head over to geekade.com and listen to Mutant Musings episode 22. Domino? More like Domin, yes. On episode 20 of the Nonstop Comic Shop, travel back to a simpler time. A time when nut commercials were extremely entertaining. To Jordan, anyway. But if nut commercials aren't enough to lull you in, how about the Nonstop Comic Shop crew agreeing with Karen and myself about the Jessica Jones Season 2 being awesome? That's right. It's awesome. You heard me. Fact. Or, perhaps, a review of Scarlet Witch, Witched Road. Or Witched Road. I don't know how to say it. It's in print. No matter what you enjoy, if it's comics, you'll probably like Nonstop Comic Shop, Episode 20, Ethical Wyverns Love Emerald Warlock. I'm Karen, and I love Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. <laughs> La-di-da-di-da. I love it so much that a few weeks ago I went to see its live tour, and it was amazing. Tickets were hard to come by, so I wrote a little article about the show so you could experience it vicariously through me. Just to brag about a little tiny triumph, when this article was posted on Twitter, we tagged the stars of the show. Four of them liked it, and two of them retweeted. So, if you want to be in the company of famous TV stars, check out Crazy Ex-Girlfriend Live. What is this, a podcast? You can catch all this great stuff, plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more, right now at GeekAid.com. Hey, Chris. Hey, Evan. I want to welcome you back. To the 60-second summary. Hi. What are we surmising? Uh, We are surmising the season finale of The Tick on Amazon Prime. (laughs) Okay. So a 60-second summary of the season... uh, Season one? Season two? Season one. Yeah, there hasn't been a season two yet. It's less a summary summary and more just an ode to how much I loved this show. Okay. When you are ready, sir. Let's get the old stopwatch out and 
go. So I wanted to take a minute, literally, to talk about how much I loved The Tick. I finally got around to finishing watching this season. I don't get a ton of time to watch TV by myself because I'm usually playing video games if I'm by myself. But uh, I decided to start catching up on some of the shows that I need to, to, to finish watching. And uh, I jumped back into... The, uh, the the season one of the Amazon Prime original The Tick, which is out freaking standing, and uh, I, I w- really was only going to watch an episode or two, and then you know play some games and go to bed, and instead I wound up just finishing off the season because it was so interesting and so darn good. Um, there was you know, there was a talking dog, there was uh, you know explosions, there was just just general good times. But at the, at the very end of the season, I, there was just this very genuine moment where uh, Arthur was like, "Yeah, we beat the terror, and that was cool." And then Tick said, "That's not all you saved." And he saw a family that he'd saved, and he made him smile, and that made me smile, and the show makes me smile, and it will make you smile too. The end. So I have a question. I watched that the whole season as well, and. I can't recall from the original Tick, but did he not know who he was? I don't. Th- it, I. I don't think it ever came up. Okay. Like he was just the Tick. Okay. Like uh, that's I, what I thought. I'm like, are they really going to delve into the backstory of the Tick? This is going to be awesome. Yeah, the bit where he started thinking he was a robot was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. You're welcome. And we're back. Thank you so much for checking out our commercials and paying attention to the 60-second summary. Let's get into some news. Um, Karen, mm-hmm. you're going to have to help me on this first one because I didn't notice it because it didn't expand in the feed. <laughs> so I'm sorry that not no. everything automatically detail expands. <laughs> well, what ended up happening is you, you put that one and then we put the, the, the Kevin Smith stuff and uh-huh. then that got deleted. And then I was like, okay. I just started after all of that. So, uh, this one coming from the Mary Sue. The queer women of DC TV showed the power of inclusive stories at Clexicon? Yep. Okay. So, apparently, uh, there's a con um, in Las Vegas named after a character from the, the 100... Okay. Uh, who was a um, member of the LGBTQ community who was like fans felt was unjustly killed off of the show. And so this con was born out of that to uh, represent queer characters in uh, comic books and sci-fi and whatever. Okay. Uh, so, and this uh, con wrapped up with a panel of... Um, some queer women car- uh, actors from CW shows talking about how how great it is that they you know get to represent the people that they get to represent and, um, and how important it is and it just kind of became a big thing and it was a big you know queer love fest which is not it's not in the way that it sounds like I mean <laughs> <laughs> wow we're, we're threading that needle right there. <laughs> Well, I've never heard of this show, um, but it's I, it's I, I'm just upset at the fact that it's based off of a single character from the 100. Um, other than that, it sounds like a a pretty awesome thing, so that you know the people of that community have their specifically their own show that they do not have to, you know, 
it doesn't always have to be all inclusive. It can be specifically for certain groups that that need, you know, more attention. It's Mm -hmm. it's good. It's a good thing. Um, the panel the, that wrapped up was led by Kyler Lee from Supergirl, Katie Lotz from um, from Legends of whatever, Tomorrow, mm-hmm. Who's You Bots, and, uh, <laughs> and this uh, Maisie Richardson Sellers who plays Vixen on uh, Legends. Um, and they were talking about this initiative they've formed called Sheathority, mm-hmm. Um which is just uh it was born out of uh, when they had when they started doing the crossover episodes and people from different shows got a chance to meet right. um it Katie Lotz and Candace Patton from The Flash kind of came up with this idea about um just getting you know making original content making um apparel um just giving a platform for women to help other women share their stories. So that's great. Yeah. So, pretty, so not, it's not awesome. just a big queer love fest, but it's actually, you know, <laughs> putting things out into the world. No matter how many times you say that, we're not going to make I, that the episode title. I'm going to keep saying it until you do. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Cause up until I read this article, I thought queer was derogatory. Like we're not supposed to say that anymore. Uh, no, I think it's a, well, I, I mean, cause I was I, told the Q in LGBTQ was questioning and I'm like, what, when did that change? Uh, so I think that's right. But anyway, I'm not a member of the queer community. So if I'm wrong, please correct me and please forgive me. But, um, I thought it was a, you know, accepted term to just kind of bring everybody who belongs in that community under one umbrella. Yeah, I think it was like, I mean, not to go all clerks too, but I think they kind of took it back. Like, <laughs> I, I I think it, the whole thing was that, you know, you could, if you just use it the way you're supposed to use it. It's like if you were, you know, if you use gay as a slur. Exactly. You know, it's it, exactly, exactly like that. It's very similar to the word gay. Like, yeah, some people are gay, but, you know, then you could also be a 13-year-old boy on Xbox Live calling your friend, calling your friends or strangers gay like it's some sort of an insult. Right. So, okay. Yeah. All right. And it's not. It's a good thing that it's out there. Check it out. Um Maybe I wonder. I'll I'll try to do some research to see if there's because there's no links in the article for the the apparel stuff. I'll see if I can find something. Oh wait, let's see where this link goes. Nope, that goes to YouTube. So I'll see what I can find. Maybe try to put another link in the show notes to get the the she authority thing out there. Um, next up from the Variety, Tig Nataro. I like Tig. I find her very funny. Um, joins the cast of Star Trek Discovery in season two. Um, now, I haven't watched. I'm not a Star Trek person. Um, I have heard good things about Discovery. I, I just have, I have no basis for information on this one. I'd really um, like to watch this show, but I don't have CBS All Access, and I'm certainly not paying for it. No. Yeah, that's and that's a, that's a shame. Like CBS is not a good enough content provider to to support an online service only. Um, the role that she's playing of Chief Engineer Denise Reno from the USS Hiawatha it seems 
they, they the way they discussed it in the article made made it seem like it was a a known Star Trek canon character. Okay. Or the, maybe the, the name ship was. sounds vaguely familiar. I'm um, not and like I'm not enough of a Star Trek buff to know it for sure. The other news that came out, which I tweeted last week when we were off, uh, is that Anson Mount was cast as Christopher Pike. Mm-hmm. That's, so yeah, that's in here too. It seems to be, um, you know, uh, that seems to mean something to Star Trek fans. I mean, I know who Christopher Pike is. I'm not an idiot, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, in in this show, the Enterprise apparently at the end of the season makes its first appearance, and then. Uh, according to this article, will appear in the next season, but will not supersede the fact that the show is about the discovery. So, um, Tignataro is a very talented actress, and I, I, I'm going to assume it's not a comedic role, but she is very funny. If you haven't seen her 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 comedy, her stand up stuff, please check that out because that's some funny stuff. I know her comedy. I didn't know she was an actress. I, I, what else has she done to you that you know of? Um, there was a couple of things listed in here, but I, she's always played, um, I don't want to say bit parts, but she's played minor characters and things where mm-hmm. she was the comic relief sounds bad because she's she's a very, she's more <laughs> she's more of the straight man funny. Gotcha, yeah. And her, com- her, her you know, she did a whole comedy special about her cancer. Mm-hmm. stuff and it was poignant and entertaining and funny and like she would she i'm from what i know of her she's going to be a very good addition to to this show so there you go good for, good for star trek fans all around um karen you also posted up this one from variety martin scorsese to direct <laughs> Really? Martin Scorsese is going to direct an SCTV retrospective special for Netflix. Now, I'm okay with all of that. I just find it odd that it's Martin Scorsese. Uh, He's allowed to like funny stuff. Yeah, and nothing he does surprises me. He's Uncle Marty. All right. (laughs) I like seeing there's a a picture of, like, the the cast members that are appearing. And... It's I I loved SCTV. Like, God, me too. We should really talk about it sometime. I gotta I gotta find it again. Yeah, because it it like it started it all. It started the careers of so many major comedic actors out there. Um, like the people that are, are appearing: Martin Short, Catherine O'Hare, Eugene Levy, uh, Andrea Martin, Dave Thomas, Joe Flaherty. Like they are they are staples in in the historical comedy. Unfortunately, you know, like John Candy also, who has passed, was... It really bums me out that he's not in this picture. <laughs> um, uh, Robert Duke, Harold Ramis, who has also passed. Now, yeah. I am upset that Rick Moranis will not be there. Rick Moranis has... He's, like, not in the business anymore, right? Right, right. But come on. Just, just talk about your past for just a little bit. <laughs> Get together with a couple of old friends. Like, that would have been... The icing. Um, I read uh, Andrea Martin's book not that long ago. That was pretty funny, and it, it was fun because she did talk about that period in her life too. Mm-hmm. So. What I did not know is that it ran for six seasons and mm-hmm. was em- nominated for fifteen Emmys. That is, that's ridiculous for a sketch comedy. That show. is true. So, but it, I mean, how much competition did it really have at the time mm-hmm. in that category? 
Well, SNL. I don't know. Okay, so I don't even know if it, it if there was a sketch comedy category then. No, I, I, I feel I, it was just comedy. And at that point in time, there was a lot of comedy, but this was head and shoulders above. It was Canadian. Like, it was phenomenal. <laughs> yes. We will, we will someday, we will get to SCTV on this show. One of the best things to come out of Canada. <sighs> so, God keep an eye me. out for that. Is it going to show up? It says the panel, which will be filmed in front of a live audience at Toronto's historic ooh, Elgin Theater on May 13th. So, they are doing, they're doing it live. <laughs> and that's going to be great. Check that out. Um, <laughs> I love the websites you look at, Karen. Tenantnews.blogspot.co.uk. Marvel's Jessica Jones is renewed for a third season. David Tennant's social media team is on point. <laughs> yes, yes, they are. <laughs> um, I can't remember how long it took them to, to renew it for a second season. I don't think... I feel like this was a little bit longer, but still, not a surprise. Nope. Not a surprise. I guess the only thing that's surprising to me about it is that it's Netflix renewing it. That was going to be a point I brought up. So <laughs> well, that, now that it's not. Now it's a point I brought up. <laughs> very I great. I th- I would want it was it till 2019 that they have the contracts or is it till the end of 2018? I don't know. I know I, we discussed that either. in the past. Even with it, I mean, even with it being as close as it is, I'm surprised that, it, like, even if it isn't like 2019, I'm surprised they wouldn't just hold it off until they can put it on the Disney service. Because well, I'm, I'm kind of curious how that's going to shake out. Because, like, Star Wars Clone Wars, for example, um, mm-hmm. the last season of that was released as a Netflix original, and that's still on. Uh, Netflix, but all other Star Wars stuff is like on the Disney XD streaming service or something. Okay. It, it's all very strange. So. Yeah. Well, when two media giants clash, things get squirrely. Uh, but <laughs> there you go. It's gonna, there's, there's a season three coming, no matter what some of us feel. <sighs> I'm kidding. I, I knew there was going to be a season three, and I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm happy to yeah, see it. Yeah, I mean, if you were let by, let down by season two, then here's the chance for redemption. Yeah, I'm curious as to when it's going to fall in in line with the rest of the Marvel Netflix stuff. Um, I'm curious where it's going to fall timeline-wise with the rest of the MCU. That, 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 that is true. Um, there was also um, another article that I tweeted out last week was an in-depth interview with the creator of Jessica Jones mm-hmm. where she did uh, address the fact that there was not um, enough representation of people of color in Jessica Jones and so now that this has been renewed she'll have the chance to address that and hopefully correct it so, uh, so what? That, that, what I mean one of the main characters was a black guy exactly he was the only one who besides Malcolm was was the person of color? Okay, well the the Asian guy. The, I mm-hmm. mean, it, there was like six cast members. Well, I'm <laughs> like, just saying. Like, I, I mean, go go read the interview because it's okay. pretty interesting. Okay, I'll check it out. Uh, next up, um, 
I felt that there was a line in this article somewhere why this relates to us, other than the fact that we love Chris. Hey, Chris, have you heard about that whole King of Kong <laughs> thing? Yes, I have. I, I, I mean, I, All I, right, so, if it's news so, to you, I don't want to spoil anything. No, it's not news to me. All <laughs> right, so not that long ago, uh, we actually talked about this a bit on the Stone Age Gamer podcast. Not that long ago... Um, there was this other guy, and I've already forgotten his name because that's how little I care about him. Dan but, um, Ryan. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I can never forget that name. This Shout guy out to Dan Ryan. Like a, a crap load of world records in old Atari games and stuff. And the uh, official record keeping of this, I promise this is all going to relate to TV. Uh, and you're going to think it's silly because it is. Um, so uh, the the like pretty much the official record keeping uh, group uh, for high scores and whatnots is this uh, group called Twin Galaxies. And um, Twin Galaxies was run by this guy named Walter Day. He sold Twin Galaxies to this uh, new team who wants to try to, you know, take it a step further and whatnot. So there are these new guys and um, there was some sort of tip off that was like, all right, this guy's score in this Atari 2600 game Dragster is physically impossible. And they were like, huh. All right, so this other dude uh, um, on YouTube, uh, uh, I can't remember his name. It's um, He loves doing these like really technical teardowns of things. Mm-hmm. He created like a program to figure out the fastest possible score in Dragster for Atari 2600. And like, just it, it was actually physically impossible to get this guy's high score. So they started looking at all of his other high scores, and it's like it's not even close. It's like he'd say like, "All right, I got sixty-four billion points in this game," and it's like the next highest score that's like on record is like I don't know a million five hundred points. It's like not even remotely close. And this guy submitted all these these scores in like the the eighties and whatnot, and what? it's like okay, it this guy's full of it. Was that was it just? Yeah, on- just- like, it must have been just based on his word or something. Okay. So the biggest name in high scores is this character by the name of Billy Mitchell. And the reason he's the biggest name in high scores is because there was a movie several years ago, The King of Kong, A Fistful of Quarters, which is a documentary about this dude, Steve Wiebe, who wanted to try to go for the world record in Donkey Kong. And the antagonist in the movie was Billy Mitchell, um, who... There's this, there's this, and this is actually relevant. There's this point in this in the movie where uh, Steve Wiebe gets this high score in front of all these people, and um, then like out of nowhere, this dude shows up with a from Billy Mitchell's house or something with a VHS tape that he just happened to have laying around of him getting a higher score than Steve Wiebe. Like, like a few hours later or something like that. It's been a while since I've seen the movie and it's absolutely absurd. Like, and they just, they put in this VHS tape. There's a couple of weird spots in it where like VHS, it gets all VHS crinkly and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And like the score jumps or whatever. And it's like, well, this guy's Billy Mitchell. And so the Walter day of twin galaxies at the time was just like, he's Billy Mitchell. He's not a cheater. So, we accept this score. Sorry, Steve, you don't get the high score in Donkey Kong. Billy Mitchell's the, the world world record holder again. So it's because of this that somebody was uh somebody accused Billy Mitchell of cheating and they found out from the footage from this movie, I I think is how they found it, is that watching that tape that he submitted of Donkey Kong, there's a difference between the way the game loads in an actual arcade cabinet and the way it does via emulation. 
And if you're emulating a game on MAME, it is extremely easy to edit together like several different playthroughs to make it look like one solid playthrough of you just getting this impossibly high score. And because of how great the footage was in the movie, they watched it load up like, oh, no, that's that's MAME. That's unmistakably maimed that's not real that was not done on an arcade cabinet so billy mitchell denies it to to the to no end and apparently like just the other day he he posted some video of him saying i have proof there will be written things and whatnot and i I wish i had them on me now but i don't but i'll get them to you soon like okay dude i don't know what you could possibly provide that's going to be like not you used maim because his initial reaction was that he's he's never he's never used something like that before. He wouldn't know how to use it on a computer or some craziness like that. Anyway, how this relates to TV is that some dude at some I don't even remember what it is. It's some what it's some company, right? It's a some company that we've all heard of thinks that this would make for a great TV series. Hold on, I have to scroll way down in the article. <laughs> It's like a somebody wants to make a sitcom of this. They keep referring to it as this universe. Like this is some sort of alternate reality. Like now these people are real. These <laughs> people exist in real life, and uh, they want to try to make this into like uh, some sort of sitcom, which I just think is a terrible okay, idea. The, fact the gamers are still enthralled by this real life battle between David and Goliath, in which David finally won. Also opens the doors to serialized entertainment. Seth and I have long thought there's a half-hour comedy scripted TV show set in this world, Cunningham said. As a producer, I got a lot more interested in developing that in the last few weeks. God, there so isn't. This is not sitcom fodder. He's a producer of King of Kong. Oh, isn't that convenient? That's who this guy is. Uh, and, like, that bums me out, because I thought King of Kong was really great. I thought it was really interesting. And I cannot imagine a sitcom based in this, like, <laughs> two guys fighting for high scores in, in Donkey Kong. Cause I, I, just, I fear it would turn into, like, what I feel like the Big Bang Theory is. Exactly. Which is, like, just a, you know, a mockery of of the people who take this kind of thing seriously, which would be sad and insulting and i wouldn't like that and also what a piece of shit billy mitchell is (laughs) don't we have a video of him we have interviewed billy mitchell i met him um at it was at avgc several years ago and jr perez of uh ring the bell interviewed him for geekade and uh, we actually interviewed another guy as well and where billy came over and talked and he's billy mitchell's a very he's an odd cat he is one of those people that thinks he's the biggest deal in the world um he has a very very high opinion of his persona and uh he's a very abrasive personality but he's he's kind he's uh he's he's polite um but he's very he thinks very much like he he's thinks very he highly is a celebrity yeah he is he is a celebrity he is a name according to him and, and he's he's that kind of guy Steve Weeby is such a like is a genuinely nice guy like just a sweet dude yeah and for then for him to go to this length of like creating this fake just to just to beat Weeby's legitimate record world making score 
Yeah, like, I mean, that's, that's a really like, shitty thing to do. I don't even know if that's if his purpose was just for Steve Weeby or this was just a thing he had in his pocket just in case, in case somebody challenged ever. anybody ever challenged his score. Because there's this whole th- thing like way back in the 80s where uh, I think it was Time Magazine did a, you know, these were the record holders of uh, all these different arcade games and. You know, he this this is how he this was his claim to fame, and it's like it's like Al Bundy holding on to his uh Polk High four touchdown four touchdowns in one game thing. Like this was <laughs> B- Billy Mitchell built like a, a freaking life on this, and he also has his own line of barbecue sauce or something. But barbecue sauce? Oh no, hot is it barbecue hot sauce? Hot sauce. Uh, Hot sauce, barbecue ties, sauce. Right? I don't does know. Does he do ties? I thought he did. Does ties. he make the ties, or does he just always wear weird ass ties? I don't know. American he is a flag strange, ties, strange sir. character, man. He's <laughs> a I strange character. <laughs> yeah, he's interesting. And whenever one started telling me about this story, it's like, oh, it's been proven Billy Mitchell cheated. I'm like, huh? Okay. <laughs> that doesn't. I can't say that I'm shocked because, like, he's he's clinging to this thing like this is his high scores in video games are like his thing he's the best ever and like like that's really this huge claim to fame like look video games are like a humongous part of my Mm -hmm. life and don't get me wrong i i I take my ability to play punch out pretty damn well pretty seriously but at the end of the day like it's it's not it doesn't define me as a person and uh i certainly would never try to build a career on that kind of accomplishment. I don't know. Billy Mitchell's a weird dude. Just and just so everybody out there knows, coming this summer, Chris Randazzo tours the, the nation playing Punch-Out. Get your <laughs> tickets here at geekade.com. I am hardly the best at Punch-Out, but I am the best I know. <laughs> I watched the man play it behind his back once. It was pretty impressive. All right, let's move on. This was interesting news. I hope to God there's not a TV show about this because that would just be like the downfall of television. <sighs> the Hollywood Reporter brings us this next article in ooh, Summer Hall Halder. He's the vampire Boone. dude from Vampire Diaries, right? Is yes. that who he is? He's Boone from Lost. He's Boone from Lost. Yes, okay. <laughs> that's that, that's what I know him from. Okay, so Boone from Lost and the other vampire dude from Vampire Diaries is going to star in the new vampire drama series V Wars. Uh, that was because a, he just can't be a vampire enough. Right. Uh, that's a, an IDW comic, which is kind of cool because there's some good stuff coming out of IDW. Lock and Key, uh, V Wars. I mean, he knows vampire, so yeah, that's cool. I don't. I have. Ne- I never really watched Vampire Diaries. I just know that that's where he's from. So it's a thing. I have a cousin who's in love with him. Okay, that's, that's cool. That's all I know. That's cool. Chris? <laughs> I thought, wasn't there a period in time where you thought he was super dreamy, like when we were originally watching No, I, I didn't. Oh, wait. Are you talking to me? Neither <laughs> 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 one of you, really. You're all very cute. Uh, I don't know. I might have had a thing for Boone. I was more of a Sawyer girl. <laughs> oh, hey <ow. laughs> Well, I mean, who wasn't? I mean, I was a Sawyer girl, for crying out loud. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hold on. Was a... I was a Sawyer. <laughs> Sawyer. <laughs> uh, okay, I just had to write Big that. Big queer love fest. <laughs> you, I you, mean, to be fair, that uh, Josh Holloway is impossibly attractive. He sure is, especially on Lost. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm how just going to have to write days. down this timestamp because there are too many <laughs> gems coming out at this point in time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we're here for, folks. We entertain. 
And seriously, how in the world did that guy not land a role as Gambit? How did the X-Men movie universe not, like, accommodate this man's existence? Because he's, like, he is a live-action Gambit. How dare they? Wait, who? Ian? No, Josh Holloway. Oh, okay. I'll agree with that. I don't know. Let's get back to this article. <laughs> anyway, Boone's going to be a vampire again, which I didn't even know he was a vampire in the first place. So he's going to be a vampire again for the first time for Chris. Um, yeah, it was picked. Does it say who was, was it? Uh, I can't remember who it was picked up by. I feel like it was picked up by like Amazon or something like that. Netflix. Isn't Netflix, it? was it? Mm-hmm. Do, 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 do. It's in the headline. Is it? Netflix oh, start, vampire yep. drops. <laughs> I was also looking down at Lock and Key, so... You uh, were just entranced by his eyes. I it's understand. true. He's a good-looking dude. Because um, another IDW property, Lock and Key, is going over to Hulu. So. Oh, man, that's going to be a Hulu series? Yes. I don't have Hulu. Don't worry, Yes, Chris. but you do have Evan. <laughs> that's true. Um, so it's going to get a 10-episode straight-to-series order, so that's that means they're getting a season. Great. Um... And uh, it the, the the book itself has gotten really good reviews. So if they stick to the source material, it should be fine. And it's vampires. Yay. More vampires. Um, Chris, we're going to skip the next one, which is because Karen reposted it later on. So we will finish up the news because I want to end on a high note. Um, <laughs> okay. Karen, you posted up from Deadline. Pop TV orders arranged. Now, what's Pop? Do we know what Pop TV is? Nope. Okay. <laughs> so, somebody Not the out part there. part of the headline that caught my attention. <laughs> ordered a comedy pilot from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend Duo. And, like, the people who, the, the girl, the, the women who were responsible for Crazy Ex-Girlfriend made a, a, a pilot called Arranged. And... I really like I read this whole pop TV. It just it says pop network. It doesn't say anything else. I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's Funko Pops. They've actually cool. They've banded together the to start their own uh, awesome. network. Awesome. So, Karen, does this mean anything to you? Um. Well, I I know. I mean, obviously, I love Crazy Ex Girlfriend. La di da di da. I know the name Mylene Brosh McKenna. Um, she's the EP for Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's so. executive producer for uh, anyone Those who doesn't don't know. know the lingo. Yeah, so jokes are always better when you explain them. It's <laughs> <That's> my motto. <laughs> I hope you all laughed once he explained what uh, what EP stands for. Um, uh, Sono Patel is a writer on crazy X, um and it looks like this pilot is going for cbs like what the hell cbs what are you doing um but i don't know the 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 premise sounds cute and the you know the dna sounds good so i'm interested in checking it out all right well there you go um this is not it has not been ordered uh it's just a pilot so there's no season order for it yet if we hear anything else we'll let you know so mm-hmm. we'll keep you posted. Um, <laughs> Adam Savage is going to be on TV again. Yay. And, I, and I'm really okay with this. This one coming from uh, TVOvermind.com. Um, I f- totally didn't realize that Mythbusters is gone completely because I keep seeing Adam Savage all over the place. Um, 
must be on repeats or whatnot, but he has been jonesing to get back to the in his you know his MythBuster pants, and he's going to be able to do it on the Discovery Channel again. Um, the the hitch is that it's MythBusters Junior, so that according to this article, due to the fact it's going to revolve around children, might have they might have to rein in their experiments a bit, and that was the most fun part for me about MythBusters was the possibility of someone getting hurt. <laughs> wow. Did you see the one where they that did the Ark the of the Covenant? <laughs> That's dark, man. Did you see that episode? <laughs> they no. literally electrocuted each other. It was awesome. <laughs> um, and they were all friends at the time. <laughs> Anywho. Counter-argument. I just think it's great that they're, um, you know, that they're aiming this towards kids because, you know, it's a it's a way to get more kids interested in science. That's great. I'm okay. I'm I'm okay with that. And it I'm just stating that it's not going to be as explodey as explodey because <laughs> it was <laughs> really explodey. And they they actually threw him in a sinking car. I anywho, I feel it's going to be a safer version of MythBusters, which is great. Any MythBusters on TV is good. Um. But Karen, you are right. That is that it is geared towards children is a good thing. Gets them interested in science and you know experimentation and whatnot. So that's good. Good, good, good stuff. <sighs> now, from Deadline again. <laughs> I man, that's messed up. <laughs> John Oliver. I mean, this is this is the title of the article. Okay. Listen, before you say what the title is, let me just tell you the reason I threw this in the feed is it was just the most fucking bizarre thing I saw all day long. Okay, so <laughs> the reason this is tied to news, or tied to TV is because it happened on TV. It, okay, uh, John Oliver buys Russell Crowe's Cinderella Man dropped strap to rescue Alaska's last blockbuster. That's Just good enough. Soak all that yeah. in. <laughs> Apparently, what more can you possibly add to this? Nothing. I just <laughs> last week tonight uh, coughed up some money to buy some prop stuff from some props from Russell Crowe's collection because he was at, it's he was auctioning celebrating it his divorce by having an auction, which is weird. That just sounds weird to me. But um, the, the company over at last week tonight bought a bunch of stuff and they said that they will ship it over to the last remaining blockbuster in it was Anchorage, I'm pretty sure it was Anchorage, Alaska all they had to do was have the manager call or reach out to them I don't understand how having it would save the last blockbuster store in Alaska don't know, hey, maybe people will go <laughs> check it out, Like it's like a a museum a kind of attraction. thing. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's a weird news article. I'm glad we talked about it, <laughs> but it's weird. <laughs> it is weird. I did find it interesting in here that they said that um, that Blockbuster lasted longer in Alaska than anywhere else because of uh, slower streaming services and more expensive rates Yeah, out in Alaska. That was, you know. And it makes sense. Like when, it, when it's put out like that, it makes sense. Side note too, if you uh if you're on Twitter, follow the last blockbuster, it's a comedy account. And uh I have seen some, some snippets from that, that account. It's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty funny stuff. Um speaking of streaming 
the overlords over at Comcast are, are now bundling Netflix with some of their packages. Um, hopefully this will influx some money to them so that they can fix their service. Wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it, though? <laughs> <laughs> you mean Comcast fixed their service? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's going to influx some money to them, but they're not going to use it to help anybody. <laughs> I mean... Uh, according it, to Comcast, it'll save Netflix subscribers a couple of bucks, which, which you know, I'm all right. okay with. We're I could like to, you know... Unwilling Comcast... Uh, customers and and netflix subscribers and i noticed like i you know my netflix subscription is tied to my paypal i hardly notice when it comes out but i happen to be checking my paypal balance for something else and noticed and it was like i'm up to fucking 12 dollars a month for netflix what the hell <laughs> yeah but if you really think about it it's the best return yeah, it it I mean, it is. I just didn't realize that it was that it was up to that much. Yeah, I I I actually looked into it, and I st- I think they still have DVD programs too. I was like, mm. really? People are having DVDs mailed to them still? For people in Alaska. There you go. Um, so Comcast is planning on adding Netflix to some of their packages, so that you don't have to go out and purchase a separate Netflix account. Uh. It does not say anywhere in here how much that's going to be, um, how much savings you may get, um, but I'm sure it will be convoluted and still as crappy of a service as Yeah, it'll probably have a negative impact on the quality of your Netflix streaming (sighs) because it's Comcast. Yeah. God. Like, I'm, I'm contemplating moving and... A, like a serious question that I ask to wherever I'm looking in is Fios available? Mm-hmm. And like that's a serious thing. Like I, I, I we did that when we bought this house too. I, but unfortunately, it's not available anywhere, so it didn't end up making a fucking lick of difference. It's, it's. I don't, I don't want to. I so many, so many bad things have been said to me about their service, mostly of from you guys. But it's. I don't understand how they're still in business. They are the only option. Yeah. It's called a monopoly. <laughs> Damn that guy. All right. Um apparently sometime the, very the soon guy? in <laughs> Yeah. The monopoly guy. Monocle, top hat. You know who I'm talking about. I'm looking at you. Oh, I know. Um apparently in the next month or so the television world is gonna be taken over again by the Royals. Yep. Someone's getting married. I don't know. Karen, why it's, should I care? Come on. I mean, why in essence I, should I give a shit about this? Go, sell I, me. I, d- I don't know who's getting married <laughs> or doing something. Is somebody having a, another kid or Listen, marrying okay. a kid? Or? You guys are not Royals fans, and that's fine. So but the ginger's Prince getting married, right? Harry. <laughs> Which one's that? I know. Oh, He's the soulless ginger one, sick. right? I can't Prince even Harry. with you guys. That's who it is. <laughs> Waterford, Vermont. Where is it? That's where it is. <laughs> Jesus Christ. On this episode of this week's episode, Karen's head explodes. Really? Really? Um, yeah. The <laughs> Prince William's younger brother, the... I don't know what... what he's, he's, like, not high up in line to the throne or anything, but... Um, what does it matter? It's all fake. Anywho. <laughs> Who's he marrying? He's marrying Meghan Markle, who was an American actress. 
You know, I knew when I asked that question that, that I wasn't going to understand gonna the answer. you weren't going to give a shit or know who she was? <laughs> You're exactly right about that. <laughs> and yet you asked anyway. I did. Look, honey, right, I care. <laughs> I actually I there heard was like a small Ke- chance that I'd know who it was. Up. Or you'd say some name that wasn't Meghan Markle. It was like... Oh, and she's a an astrophysicist superhero who can sling webs with her feet. <laughs> Why does she have to be any of that? Why can't she just be the girl that Harry's in love with? No, that's, that's, that's fine. I just thought it would be more interesting no. than just some American actress I've never heard of. The point is, she uh, NBC's got a bunch of live coverage lined up for the wedding, which will be beginning uh thursday may 17th so if you do give a shit about this then you can go ahead and turn your tv on to nbc and because stay glued like to the, it all weekend. the 17 days leading up to it they're just going to be plotted out right outside of windsor castle have i not mentioned the three-day sleepover i'm taking to go to my friend my best friend's house so we can watch the royal wedding together did i not mention Karen, you're doing an adult that? come on yes i am and i do what i want you have not mentioned that, but that's okay. <laughs> Surprise, that's Chris. Do, I'm, I'm game. <laughs> On Friday, uh, so it starts Thursday, May Wait, 7th. three days. Jesus. 17th, 18th. It's a lot of wedding. It's a royal wedding. Yeah, but it's still. <laughs> it's 16th, still 17th, wedding. and 18th. Three days ahead of the marriage of Prince Harry. I Wow. Oh, it's amazing how little of a shit I give. Okay, Hollywood Reporter time. This one I care about. Uh, Showtime orders James Gordon comedy pilot, The Wrong Mans. I feel like that's mistyped, but that's fine. Um, It's coming to us from Bad Robot. So, James Gordon. James Gordon. Corden. 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 Comedy. Funny stuff. Ben Schwartz. BBC stuff. Good times. I like it. All right. That's it. It's good talk. I, it, I just want to say that nobody gave Chris shit for talking about Donkey Kong for 15 minutes. You put and it I in put there. One thing, <laughs> yes. One thing about the royal wedding. Yes, but Karen, we know like that will be the last time Chris talks about King of Kong on this show. Apparently, the in the heart freaking, of May. <laughs> I knew you guys didn't give a shit, and I didn't give a shit that you didn't give a shit, and I just steamrolled it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh boy alright um, so James Corden is remaking a BBC show and it's going to star Ben Schwartz and it's going to be funny everything about that just sounds funny um, and JJ is involved because it's they're his production company so good stuff Keep an eye out on that because I like everybody involved with this so far. Next, what's the next? Next, next, next. Oh, all right. This was this was a little disheartening. Um, Chris, you posted up this one from Variety. Uh, Harry Anderson of Night Court fame has passed. Uh, yeah, died. I was pretty bummed about that. Yeah, he, I haven't really thought about him in a... Well, that's not true, because I watched It right before the remake came out, and I liked him in that movie. Um, but I, I used just to think watch... about Night Court a lot. What's that? I just think about Night Court a lot. 
I, I, I loved that my show. Head more head more often than I would expect it to. But yeah, I loved Night Court. Like I would be okay if Hulu tried to get me to watch Night Court all the time as opposed to Wings. I loved Wings, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, that's neither here wings, nor there. Too. Since apparently nobody on this podcast gives a shit what I like. That's not true. It's just <laughs> the Royals, Karen. Come on. Anywho. Um, Wings was awesome. We should do Wings on this show. <laughs> How do you pick one, though? How do you pick an episode of Wings? They've all kind of like blurred together in my oh, head. Oh, man. I'm flashing back to train wrecks. Um, apparently, Harry Anderson, since his Night Court days, has has done quite a bit. Uh, he had a thriving career in Nolens as a, uh, a club owner and uh, a, a magician and, like... And then he moved to North Carolina after um, New Orleans was destroyed by Katrina, and he passed away. Like, I haven't heard anything about him in decades, and this was this was a bummer to see. Um, did say anything? Yeah, he was always such a cool guy. Yeah. I didn't see anything in the article about a cause of death other than they said that there was no, no foul, foul play, play so yeah, I saw that. suspected. Yeah, but he was super young. Yeah, yeah he was like 46 or something. No, 65. 65. It's still... It's still young. It's, um, started his career very early. Uh, magician. Did a bunch of guest spots on a bunch of different shows. And, you know, had a number of seasons on uh, Night Court, which is a great show. So, yeah. That just, big, big bucket of win. As they say, yes. <sighs> All right, let's let's end the show on a happy note. <laughs> I don't know who to turn to about this one. Do we do we go with the, the Lin Manuel fan or do we go with the True Ducktales fan? Hmm. hmm. I'll let you two fight it out. <laughs> oh, Chris is the one who posted it. That's true, Chris. You posted this up originally. Lin Manuel Miranda Ducktales debut <laughs> set date air highlights. We're gonna miss what. Did you say like Lin Manuel? What did you Lin say? Manuel <laughs> Miranda. Miranda. Am I not saying that correctly? I said it quickly. No, I just thought I just thought you said Manuel. No, Manuel. Manuel. Man. Manuel. 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 Anywho. Anywho. You know who I'm talking about. I do. He he's gonna be Gizmo. He is. Now, was, I'm so excited. In the original was Gizmo Hispanic. <laughs> No. I didn't think so. Because when I was reading this article, they said his full name. And I'm like, I don't remember that last bit. <laughs> but maybe I, I I misread it in the original article, which is now gone. Um, it states that he will be doing the voice of Gizmo. How do you feel about that, Chris? Oh, I feel great about him doing the voice of Gizmo. I mean, that that was that was relatively old news. I think we even talked about it on the show that he was being Gizmo Duck, and it was just like this is just an excuse to throw this in there again because they announced the date when it's the, his first episode's coming, uh, which is just awesome. What was it? May, I want to say May fourteenth. I I haven't watched anything except for the pilot of this show. It's on my list of things to do. Is it available? I thought the pilot was the only thing available. Yeah, it was the only thing readily available. I think it's aired since then, which means that it's got to be available on something. But okay. uh, every Friday in May, Disney Channel with highlights that lead to da, 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 May twenty fifth. The winning team will be announced. Okay, so that's a bunch of the Disney Now and the 
contest stuff that they're doing. Apparently, Disney's going all in with the whole DuckTales stuff. Ooh. I'm glad to hear it. It must mean that the show's doing all right. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And the, the pilot episode was really out, outstanding, so... Yeah, I don't... I st- ah, Fenton Quack, Crackshell Cabrera. Yeah, that's different. I thought it was... It wasn't Fenton McQuack before. No, because it, it, he was... That was... Launchpad. Launchpad. Quack. Yeah. I, mean, I, I remember being Fenton just, Crackshell. Yeah. Hey, you know, I'm good Cabrera. with it. I, don't, I, mean, like, I don't I, care. It's fine. It's Gizmo Duck. And I want to I wanna hear his take on the, the Gizmo Duck side of the character because Fenton was meek mild and then he said his catchphrase and turned into a robo duck and I and I want to hear that I'm okay with this I mean Lin-Manuel is pretty great too so yeah good good times all right that wraps up the news people Chris yes it's your spiel time you got a spiel for me I do somewhere. Somewhere. I mean, it's inside your probably your phone. It is. It is. Out. Just let me crack open my phone. Swipey swipe. It's in there somewhere. It goes something along the lines of you can get in touch with us at mailatgeekade.com as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook with both the Geekade page and the This Week's Episode page. Find us on Instagram at Geekade. Subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content and follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade or follow this show specifically at Twepcast. You can also find us individually on Twitter. I'm at Geekade Chris. That is Geekade K-R-I-S. Karen, where can people find you? Shoot underscore the underscore moon and evan where can the good people find you geekade underscore evan if you're interested in more information about anything we discuss here tonight be sure to check out our show notes and while you're at it you can also subscribe to this and any of other wonderful podcasts on itunes or stitcher where if you're super nice you can leave us a review because any and all any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated again always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com where we post something new every single day Back to you, Evan. All right. Thank you so much, Chris. I'm actually going to have to throw it back to you because it is your pick this week. It is my pick this week. Where are we going? What's the homework? Well, the homework, this one. Let me get right. my pen and paper ready. All right. Go. This took me some time to, to actually figure out what to do. This is something I've wanted to do on the show for a while, but it's not easy at all. Um, the show that we we're watching is BoJack Horseman. Oh, okay. The thing that makes this show so difficult for me to bring up on the show is because this show is very much a... It's a Netflix show, as in it is very much designed to be binged. Okay. And I couldn't think of a single episode that really... Yeah, that that actually sells you on the show. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, there's not... I can't think of an episode that's like, this is the episode you watch that should get you acquainted with everything, you know, besides like the, the first episode okay. we're going with season one, episode two. Um, uh, it's Bojack hates the troops. I'm sorry. I've, I lost it. It was, a uh, where the heck is the episode guide on here? There we go. Season one. Yes. Bojack hates the troops. Season one, episode two. Um, I guess if you've never seen this show before, I'm, I'm interested to see how this, works because i haven't seen this episode in a while either um okay. this show is crazy 
it's absolutely crazy. And I just caught up with it recently. Like I'm finally actually all caught up on the show. So I've seen it all. And, uh, it is a weird, weird roller coaster. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to talking about this show with you guys. Okay. All right. So that's Bojack Horseman season one, episode two, Bojack hates the troops. All right. That's available on Netflix. We'll put a, some sort of link on there so that you can, if you have a Netflix account, you can, you can get to it. Um, that's it, people. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. From all of us here at this week's episode, I'm Evan. I'm Karen. Jinkies. Good night. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Seeing a cartoon version of that, it was fantastic. And this concludes our broadcast day. <laughs>